The following is a hoop ball presentation. Regulators, you regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good too, but you can't be any geek off the street. Got to be handy with the steal if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators, mount up. It was a clear black night. What's happening, friends? Welcome to a midweek edition. The midweek edition, I guess there's one of them. The midweek of Ball In, Ball Out, the official Lakers podcast of Hoop Ball, hoop-ball.com. We got the the whole crew with you today. I'm Dan Bespris, Eli Bauman, Dr. Eric Noble, via via satellite across uh, West Los Angeles, uh, in good spirits despite a Lakers defeat. And we're going to break that bad boy down. We also got Anthony Irwin coming up later on today's program, which is exciting, host of Locked On Lakers, one of the preeminent Lakers podcast voices here in Los Angeles, so that's pretty cool. Actually, uh, yeah, let's just let's just get right to that. Well, I got to say, we are still in our infancy over here at, at Ball In, Ball Out, but uh, someone who's been doing this a bit longer than us has decided to, to step down, hang out with us in the gutter, and, and grace us with his presence, the great Anthony Irwin, uh, host of Locked On Lakers and managing editor of LakersOutsiders.com. Anthony, thank you so much for, for coming on our, our weird little pod. I might just save the audio of the great Anthony Irwin because that, that's an oxymoron in a lot of people's eyes. So well, the venerable, I appreciate the kind words. <laughs> I, had a, I had a few other in the tank, too. I could have gone with venerable. I felt like that was a good one. Uh <laughs> And uh, I don't know that maybe that was the only other one I had. <laughs> usually, usually the viral for the wrong reasons. Anthony Irwin is is the go to. <laughs> hey, the first thing I I wanted to mention. And I know this actually doesn't really have anything to do with the Lakers, but as I was introducing you, I thought I feel like I need to bring this up. Uh, Anthony Irwin L A is the Twitter handle, but your Twitter name changes pretty regularly. What's the story behind that? Oh, I just I just like having some fun with it. The the, the f- I used to be Anthony F. Irwin, and it was that for a long time. And then Brandon Ingram decided this year he was going to take a, a quantum leap forward. So, and and me being one of the more vocal people who was who was concerned that he wouldn't figure things out, I wanted to make sure everybody knew that I was on that bandwagon from the very get go. I never had any doubts. <laughs> and then and then most recently I just changed it to Santa Near when kind of like, you know, Santa get into get into the holidays. There's a trend going around on Twitter that that I wanted a part of. It's just it's kind of a tough fit. I, I, I hope people aren't taking it as like I'm naming myself a saint, like Saint <laughs> Anthony, but but <laughs> definitely is not the case. Yeah, uh people get upset about things uh, pretty easily, but I, I feel like you're I feel like you're on the, the right side of the line with that one. I'm not <laughs> I'm not too worried about it. Uh okay, so beyond that stuff, let's let's talk Lakers a little bit. Um Last night, uh, game in, at Madison Square Garden, but I want to keep this a little more big picture. Obviously, we can we can touch on things that happened in that particular ball game. But I mean, kind of going back to you mentioned Brandon Ingram making this this massive leap forward, and something that we've we've talked about a little bit on the podcast uh, up to this point is kind of Lonzo Ball's development as well. Uh, and and the one thing that jumps out is it actually seems like Lonzo is farther along a month and a half into his NBA career than Brandon Ingram was a month and a half into his. And now Brandon looks incredible uh, outside of kind of a rough game in, in New York. But 
Mm-hmm. What, what's your feelings on on Lonzo Ball? Is he taking on uh, a bit too much heat? What what kind of progression should Laker fans expect from this young guy? Well, it's tough because there are a multitude of variables that go into the development of a, of a player in any two seasons, right? Like Danny Green was drafted by Cleveland and never figured it out in Cleveland. And then like five or six years into his, into his career, he lands with the San Antonio Spurs and becomes a vital piece of a title team, right? Nobody in Cleveland would have predicted that. Nobody in NBA coverage would have predicted that. Uh, but, but that's just, that's just kind of how that went. And it might be because he landed in San Antonio and, and they have wizards behind the scenes who, who help all of their players become the best <laughs> form of themselves. But it's hard for me to say I would agree with with the premise of the argument that, yes, Lonzo Ball is more impactful at this point in his NBA career than Brandon Ingram was, because even while even when his shot isn't falling, Lonzo rebounds really well. He plays better defense, I think, at his position than Brandon Ingram did last year. He distributes the ball better, obviously better than Brandon Ingram, and so th- those things have have made it so. And it's and it and you know when you're talking about the way he's analyzed, Lonzo Ball is analyzed. It gets kind of maddening because everybody goes back to the shooting, when really, in my opinion, the the more intelligent take on on the situation is, despite being a historically bad shooter to this point, he's still an impactful player, and if he becomes an average player. Then really look out, right? Really, you're, you're you're looking at one of you know one of the brighter futures in the NBA. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, and actually, and I know I said I didn't want to get too specific with games, but I thought Lonzo looked great in New York. I mean, he was pushing the pace. He actually did make a few shots for whatever that's worth. We've seen this kind of aggressive Lonzo, and you can usually tell the first couple minutes of a ball game which Lonzo you're getting. Why does that seem to be happening on the road so much more often? Well, I, I think out here in L.A., the being a Laker puts a magnifying lens on you that many people, most people really, in, in their right minds aren't necessarily ready for. And then when you play in front of the Lakers crowd, and every time Lonzo touches the ball, there's this sense of anticipation that, in my opinion, could be putting the weight of the world on his shoulders. The issue is it's intangible analysis. Like there's no way to prove that this is actually going on. Uh, but, but if you're, if all things are, are equal and he's playing better on the road than he is at, at home, it tells me that I think the home crowd is kind of getting to him because every time he shoots it and Harrison and I have talked about this on the show a few times now is every time he shoots it, there's this sense of like, oh, God, please go in. Oh, God, because people are pulling for him so hard because of the, the tribal nature of fan, uh, fandom. People are pulling for him so hard that I think it's, it's like, ah, oh, man. And when he misses it, it that, that, that punch to the gut, it's felt in the crowd. And I think it's felt exponentially so by L- Lonzo Ball. And, and on the road, it's kind of like he gets booed. He nobody's really expecting anything of him. So if he makes a shot and he shuts up the crowd, that's a better feeling, I think, than just appeasing the Laker crowd right now. Because I think right now that's that's really the best he can hope for is just to appease the expectations. He's not going to exceed them in his rookie year. 
Uh, let's talk a little bit about the the big man situation in L.A. too. We got we got a situation in a few different places on this club, and and it's sort of a good problem in that there's a lot of depth on this team, but figuring out how to deploy it has been at times it seems maddening. Uh, you get about twenty to twenty four minutes out of Brook Lopez. You get somewhere in the twenty five to thirty minute range out of Larry Nance Jr. Uh, generally anywhere from like seventeen to thirty five minutes out of Julius Randle. Kyle Kuzma was playing huge minutes with guys out, and then that seems to fluctuate a bit as well. Do we have any idea, like what what the 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 goal is? I mean, obviously there's a there's a developmental purpose to this, but we've seen a lot of times where Luke will pick a lineup in the fourth quarter and just kind of ride with it for eleven straight minutes. What what are the Lakers? I mean, what's the best advice I guess you could give? to someone trying to figure out the Lakers' big man rotations and, and who deserves to play the minutes? Well, I my theory on the way Luke manages the rotation is he's saying no matter what starting lineup the Lakers put together out there, there is no way it's going to be better than a – consistently better than the starting lineups it goes up against. So he's hoping that the the starters that he puts together right now – can just kind of tread water until the starters come in and are world beaters against other bench come uh, other benches across the league, right? And and that was the thinking last year uh, when player talent levels were a lot more level across the across the the roster. But that isn't the case this year. Julius Randle is is demonstrably better than Larry Nance Jr. I think you can make the case that Kyle Kuzma at this point. Even though he's a lot worse than Nance defensively, but Kuzma is demonstrably better than Larry Nance Jr. Uh, Corey Brewer, for some reason, is still getting minutes. <laughs> when when Jordan Clarkson, I think at this point, I looked it up last night, he's averaging 22 and a half minutes a game. That's not nearly enough, given how well he's played. And when you have that talent disparity, and arguably three of your best Four players, I would say maybe five if you think, depending on what you think of Brooke Lopez. But if three of your best players are coming off of the bench, that's just that's just not a smart way of, of putting together your rotations, regardless of the logic that got you to that place. Is there any hope that that would change going forward this year? We've seen a couple of times where it seems like Luke kind of learned from his mistake, whether it was you know taking a late timeout or, or moving somebody in or out of the lineup. Uh, it's been about... I lose track of time quickly, but I feel like it's been about 10 games now where we've seen these bench guys getting yanked around a little bit. Do you feel like there's there's a, a chance that might get adjusted going forward, or is this kind of what it is? Man, I, I want to – it's one of those things where you want to believe something, but in your heart you don't – I mean you think that you kind of know something else is going on. I, I want to believe that, yes, eventually if this team really is insistent upon winning – Corey Brewer's minutes get split up between Josh Hart and Jordan Clarkson. And uh, Larry Nance Jr.'s minutes get depleted so that Randall and Kuzma get consistent minutes. Like it, That seems like too obvious a an adjustment to make for it not to have happened so far. So something else kind of – it feels like something else might, might be going on. And look, the Lakers' intentions – this upcoming offseason mathematically mean one of Clarkson and or Randall, depending on what they can do with Luol Deng's contract. One of those two guys, if not both, are probably not going to be on the roster. 
So maybe Luke is going with the guys who he thinks might be on the team still. Now that argument kind of falls apart because, again, the aforementioned Corey Brewer is getting minutes and he's not going to be on the Lakers next year. But when, what it comes down to is this is too obvious an issue. This is, this is so egregious that it, that it hasn't been fixed so far that something else kind of sort of has to be going on. And when you put your tinfoil hat on and you look at what the Lakers are trying to do and you look at what it's probably going to take, despite how well Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson have played, the Lakers might be thinking, look, let's just get minutes, give minutes to the guys who are going to be around here beyond this com- this upcoming summer. I do enjoy a good tinfoil hat. That's one of my favorite things to do in life. <laughs> uh, talking to Anthony Irwin, uh, host of the Locked On Lakers podcast and managing editor of LakersOutsiders.com. Uh, Brooke Lopez is my last, the last guy I got to ask you about. I, I mean, he, he falls into that category you just mentioned of guys that probably won't be around next year. Are they just trying to keep him healthy enough to potentially move him? Like... He's in this weird in-between right now. 20 minutes is not really enough to do any damage, and it's probably too much if you're just trying to keep a guy healthy enough to move. What's the, what's the future hold for, for the man known as Brolo? <laughs> well, a lot of people on my, in my mentions like to call him Slopez, but... We've had Roy Hibbert. Brooke Lopez looks like <laughs> Fidipides compared to that dude. It's... It's really it's too bad because I think Lopez has been better than people necessarily think. The numbers definitely point out and paint that picture. But I, I think the contrast in both how good the Lakers are when he's off the court, because Randall tends to be on the court, uh and, and also because the the type of basketball is so much better on the eyes. Like when, when Brooke Lopez travels it happens in roughly three and a half seconds, right? <laughs> when, when, when Julius Randle runs somebody over, it happens so quickly. And, and the people that he's knocking over, it's like, holy crap. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's still, a, it's still an offensive foul. It's still a turnover. But when Brooke Lopez dribbles the ball off his foot or misses a floater or whatever, it happens at such a glacial pace that the eye test, that your eyes are screaming at you, no, I want to go back to the fun basketball that we were watching when he isn't on the court. And and to, to answer the question about what they're thinking, Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report likes to think or likes to throw out there the scenario in which Lopez maybe takes a smaller deal, a smaller one-year deal to re-up for more money when the Lakers have full bird rights next summer. My problem with that is big men gambling like that on on long term uh, money doesn't usually work out because a foot injury, a knee injury that that derails their season a lot more quickly than smaller human beings. So I don't I don't I don't really know what they're what they're looking to do with him now. He is an expi- expiring contract, and if they want to get in on the the Paul George sweepstakes before the season ends, so that maybe they can convince George to stick around. And not and not turn down his player options so that they can save a little bit more money and have that to run at another superstar. Then Lopez's contract kind of fits into that situation. KCP is a better fit both financially and in terms of the rotation as soon as he shows up in Oklahoma City. But but with Lopez, it's just it comes down to he's never going to be liked because the alternative to him playing means more Julius Randle minutes usually. And Julius Randle is so much more fun to watch and is a part of all of the Lakers best lineups. 
So Lopez is really stuck in a, in a lose-lose situation. It is, uh, it is funny to watch how some of the biggest men in the world just bounce off of Julius Randle uh, like, like he's made out of some sort of spring. It's, it, it's insane, the, the power in that young man. Yeah. Uh, there, were, there were a couple plays last night, and, and Chris Tapps Porzingis isn't exactly Dwight Howard, but he, there were a few plays last night where he made contact with Julius Randle, and you could just see it in Porzingis' face, like, I never want to do that again <laughs> for the rest of my life. And, and it's also funny, my wife sent me an article the other day that said basically human beings will never be more evolved physically than the current NBA basketball player. And it says something that uh, Julius Randle is making even the most evolved human (laughs) beings (laughs) bounce off of him like fifth graders in a seventh grade league. It's it's pretty funny. That is absolutely amazing. Uh, Anthony Irwin, thank you so much for taking time to hop on the pod. Yeah, anytime, man. Uh, he is Anthony Irwin. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Anthony Irwin LA. Uh, find the Locked On Lakers podcast anywhere podcasts are available, and of course, check out LakersOutsiders.com. So that was pretty sweet. That was Anthony Irwin at Anthony Irwin LA. Big thank you once again to uh, to Anthony for popping on the podcast, and hopefully, we will get to talk to him in the not too distant future. Uh, we get a ball game to break down. That's. That's kind of the the long and short of it. Uh, Lakers potential win that kind of slipped away. Uh, final score in this one: Lakers losing to the Knicks one thirteen one oh nine in overtime. Kristaps Porzingis becoming the only player in NBA history to score over thirty points with five blocks and five three pointers in the same ball game. Whoa, Dude, he's good. Yeah, yeah he's um, real good. The unicorn came at us hard, uh, Eric. What what could we have done differently? Well, basically, my takeaway was this was a tough loss, but a really fun game. Yes, baby. I agree. Um, The third quarter in particular was just on fire. Uh, I can't tell if it was just that people were making good shots or there was absolutely no defense. Probably a combination of the two. Yeah, I also think, think that as much as I am a Los Angeles homer through and through... There's just nothing like the garden when it's good. There's just nothing there's nothing like it. And for that like three minute stretch where Lonzo had the alley oop, Porzingis hit the three. I th- it was just back and forth for those like three minutes. That's that's just the best. There's no atmosphere like that. Yeah, there was a stretch and- in there where actually neither team missed a shot for two full minutes of game action. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. And then what happened is what's happening a lot to us. We get to the fourth quarter or overtime. We start turning the ball over. Yep. And then Luke Walton decides not to change, make any rotation changes. We look gassed. We stop playing defense, which then limits ourselves to like our anemic half-court offense. And then we lose. I'm glad you said that too, Eric. I, I really thought we looked tired. I thought Lonzo looked tired. I thought the whole team looked tired. And they just that's when you get sloppy. Dan, get on your soapbox about about yeah, the coaching. Yeah, I, uh, I was just trying to hold back on this one, but screw it, I'm back on the soapbox again. Uh, I thought we I thought we had gotten past this thing. I thought that there were a few games in there, and yes, some of them were wins. I think one of them might have even still been a loss, but it seemed like Luke had kind of turned a corner in being a little more willing to to massage the lineup in the fourth quarter to just to try to find the right pieces. 
I mean, you know, I thought Jordan Clarkson was actually playing a pretty good ball game, and suddenly he just wasn't in the game anymore, despite yeah, uh, so- like 12 and 6 with a few assists. I, I mean, I liked that Kyle Kuzma saw more minutes. He was playing better in this ball game. I, but, you know, Larry Nance didn't really have it. They brought him back in for Julius Randle, who also, in my estimation, looked kind of funky in this one. Like maybe he didn't spend the off day at a, at a museum. Uh, with fried chicken. I, so uh, he needed to do the Jordan Clarkson saw and fried chicken movie experience. And I just, I don't, I don't know. Like why not at least move some bodies? This is Brandon Ingram's worst game of the year by far. So maybe just yeah. give him a break, give him a break. It's okay. Like you don't have to run that horse into the ground. He's allowed to have an off game and you're allowed to to maybe move him to a position where he wouldn't be so much pressure would be put on him, or even, heaven forbid, take him out of the game and don't make him play 42 minutes. So I'm of I'm of two minds about this. On the one hand, it depends what our goals are. If we're wanting to win this game, then we definitely right. put Jordan Clarkson in and we take Brandon Ingram out. That would give us the best shot. On the other hand is our goal to develop these players, to have them go through the fire, to have them suck and just figure it out. And I think that is what Hmm. Luke Walton's doing. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but um, so in that way, I kind of am less upset about it because at the end of the day, we're not really caring about wins and losses. I had the same thing written down on my on my little sheet here that I'm scribbling on, which is like big picture, small picture. <laughs> and I do think like big picture, it's still good for these guys to like sort the shit out. I think like, you know, spinning this kind of positively, like that was Brandon Ingram's worst game of the season by far. Uh, and not in like a, not in a way that made me mad at him. It wasn't like he wasn't trying hard or anything. He right. just, he was off. And he was you still know, aggressive. And he was still really aggressive, liked. which I really like. So once again, I think like big, small picture, yeah, maybe we should have taken him out. Big picture, it's good to be like, no, you're the man on this team. You're going to be in there in crunch time even when you're, whatever, two for 10. Like maybe you'll be three for 11. You know what I mean? Like I still think big picture, that's good that he knows that he can make mistakes and have his worst game of the season and still get crunch time minutes. I think that's important. So, I, so the real question... Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead Eric. Yeah. Is when... When we're actually good, is Luke Walton going to make the right <laughs> decisions and, and, and player uh, player rotations? That's I honestly think question. the decision is going to be made for him because when we're good, we're going to have different people on our team where you're mm-hmm. going to be like, there's no way on earth I'm taking <laughs> Shoshman Flames or Small Fjordge out Tampering. of the game right now. Tampering. Or Gabarkus Buzzins or whoever, <laughs> whoever it is. And hopefully, hopefully... Brandon and Lonzo will be those that kind of guy too, where it's just like, okay, no, automatically those guys are staying in. You know, I think our roster is a little weird right now where we really don't have our front court. We really don't know who those guys are. Like who, you know, it to me, I, I understand the kind of hot hand thing about it. But to me, Brandon Ingram is kind of untouchable in that spot. I think we need to bolster his confidence, keep his confidence up where it is right now as much as we can. I've got a, I've got a Dr. Noble prescription pad question related to this issue. You guys know better than not, to not put me on the spot like this. <laughs> also, I don't have my Doogie Howser music queued up. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, yeah. All right, so this, this is really just about like a fatigue thing because uh, I'm, not, I'm not great at sports. I'm, I'm a more coordinated person than I look like I, I should be. But I played I played golf and I'm pretty good at bowling and that doesn't require 
like you don't you don't get gassed playing either of those two games. So this is not an, a feeling that I would that I'm familiar with. When a guy gets to that point of you know exhaustion and just having a rough game and sort of trying to fight through it, is it still a learning experience or is his brain just like going into weird shutdown mode at that point? I I wish I was anywhere near the level where I could actually have that personal no, but like, experience. Okay, but, but yeah, but you've probably played a game where you've had to run and made yourself tired. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think you're still in it. It's just, look, for, I think it affects us in a very particular way because we, in order to score points, it needs to come from our defense, which is really long and active. And when we're tired, we don't have that. And we're not able to be in the game that way. And um, I think that's that's the biggest way that it affects us globally. Look at that. I, I think, I think that's Noble. true, too, because the way that like we get log jammed on offense when we're not pushing the ball forward. And I feel like with Lonzo in particular, like when he's out of gas, the, the kind of the whole offense is out of gas. Like he is the engine that makes it happen. I also thought this was a, a, you know, by and large, he played a great game. Yeah, I really loved the way he played. You know, I think like the garden, stepping up in the garden is still kind of a tried and true thing of like, are you like going to be a great player? You know, Jordan, Kobe, obviously Lonzo's not on that level, but you know, he, he, oh, can I, can I talk about Enos Kanter for a second? He, <laughs> he is also, I'm quite quickly assembling this team. Uh, I was calling all, them the, all the cloud Patrick, team. The Patrick Beverly All Stars of like dudes that whose kind of like mojo is much greater than their talent slash like guys who you love when they're on your team but hate when they're not on your team. Mm. And uh, Patrick, so far I've got Patrick Beverly, Marcus Jamal Smart, Jamal Murray, and Enos Cantor. I've got almost a starting five. Yeah. Oh, look at that! And they and they basically play different positions too. I think you may have built an actual team. Yeah, I mean, I guess Jamal Murray would be like a s- small ball three. Yeah, you could probably. I mean, you could even you could play Marcus Smart at the three. Dude is like five ten, three hundred pounds. He's a monster. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just looking for like a four five to round out my roster. Yeah, but we'll, those we'll guys, four. Are, Enos Canner is so annoying. <laughs> I mean, that he's dunk, Clown City. That dunk he made were actually no, it wasn't even a dunk. He got called for a charge, and then he started barking at Larry Nance. I was like, Larry Nance, just punch this dude in the face, man. <laughs> that reminds I'm so me. So tired of Enos. That reminds me of Penis, Penis. how much of a weird lineup the Knicks were trotting out in the fourth quarter so in overtime. Weird. So they were they were had Porzingis, Nilakina, Courtney Lee, yeah. Michael Beasley, and Doug McDermott. Yeah, Michael that, Beasley. That was their crunch time lineup, and they beat us. Yeah. Well, they had energy. They like they yeah, were alive. They did. Yeah, they did. They beat us to all the loose balls tonight. I mean, this was one of those games where it's like I think we're a better team than them, but they kind of like deserve to win. They they got to all those weird bounces. Also, shout out Kyle O'Quinn, uh, part of the uh, Johnny O'Brien All Stars of black guys <laughs> with Irish names. Oh, poor uh, Kyle O'Quinn, man! That guy's been on the 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 edge of relevancy for like seven years now. Yeah, who? Where did that dude come from? Uh, he's on you know he's on the Magic for a bit, for a while actually. There was there he he's like a fantasy guy. That we, That's that why we, I ask. Yeah, he we, he's like we fantasy folks have been kind of like semi bonered up for Kyle O'Quinn for a long time because he's he gets on the floor and he does a lot of things in like fifteen minutes and we keep thinking well if he could just 
if C could just find a way to 25 minutes and he never will because he's he just it's just not going to happen. Yeah, he was with the Magic 2012 to 2015. He's actually been on the Knicks. This is in New York. He averages 14 and a half minutes a game for his career. Can I do my ball out for this game? I will. Yes, sir. I, I will allow it's it. Going, please, yes. It is going to be the Brooke Lopez Lonzo Ball high pick and roll. I just, I don't get it. I don't think it works. Well, because there's no roll. Well, there's yeah. no roll. It always just results in Lonzo passing it back to Brooke, who's just shooting these threes that are just. He's just chucking it up. Yeah, I know. I, I Brooke Lopez drove me nuts in this game because he played soft. Like, I don't, I don't mind getting beat, but like he got out hustled down the court a bunch of times. Like stupid Penisinus Canner, who apparently like showed up in crutches a, a game ago and then left the game in crutches. So obviously he has a bad wheel. Just like yeah, he's he running all him. over the place and you know yelling Turkish slurs at people, and it's just. <laughs> I mean, what are we what are we doing? Nobody here? did. You're right. He dusted Brooke repeatedly. There was a there was a pick and roll on defense where uh, Ennis Canner got a, a pocket pass. I can't remember who. It might might have been Jared Jack, which is like okay, the Jared Jack Ennis Cantor pick and roll. We can't defend that. We can't defend what a weird clown lineup. Zombie Jarrett Jack, who had ten assists in this ball game, and a lot of them were in that situation where it was a pocket pass to a cutting or a rolling Ennis Cantor. And Lopez, like, taking one awkward step backwards. He looked like a toddler learning how to move in this game. It was very weird. I want to see the advanced stats on this this Lopez-Lonzo high pick and roll. Because I just, I think it would, it just doesn't make sense on a lot of levels. I think either Nance or Ingram or even KCP needs to be running the pick and roll with Lonzo, not Brooke. Yeah, also, actually, that's a good point. Why is, why is Nance never setting that pick? Because you'd think, like, if you can free him up and dive to the basket. I mean, he's not DeAndre, but he's he can jump. Yeah, he I can mean, move. And he has a little mid-range a game. He's got a little mid-range game, too. Also, those Lopez drives are so gross. They're so slow. Where he, he takes those huge lumbers, lumbering strides, and then they always, like, almost strip the ball from him, and he's just like... Bruh! And then it's like... And sometimes it goes in, but it's still yeah, hideous he usually to watch. Makes it, actually. I know, but I hate looking at it. It's just so slow and weird and oafish. I don't know what happened to it. him. He was he he looks like he's <laughs> lost a lot year over year. He was... Last year, I watched a lot of Brooklyn games. Uh, don't ask me why. Uh, and he, he was destroying people. Like, he would take a lot of the best big men in the NBA and just take them to task repeatedly. And he is... He's just not even close to was he what like last year his shooting percentage is down three percent his shooting percentage from three is down five percent uh down seven points a game his free throw percentage is down his rebound and obviously some of that is minutes I guess but percentages aren't I don't he's he's slowed down and I don't I wonder if he's just like kind of saving himself this year to make sure that he can get one last contract or something. it's very weird it's very strange to watch. I can't put my finger yeah. on it. I, I don't. I, know. I, I, I don't know. Can I give my uh, Can I give my ball out for a second mm-hmm. and, and my ball in? They're kind of related. Um, so big night at the Garden for uh, the crowd, especially the crowd around center court. So first, <laughs> I want to give first I want to give a special shout out to our friend Josh Bider sitting one row deep. Oh, in I, the uh, behind no the Lakers bench. Josh B I was going to say. No, no relation. That is purely coincidental. 
but Josh Bider getting some good good camera time with his uh, sister Michelle Biderstone. Nice. Uh, so so shout outs to them. Also to Lavar Ball and the Ball family. I felt like had a really colorful uh, appearance at MSG. <laughs> I really liked their repartee with Spike Spike Lee. Was this a layover? Dude was just. Wearing oversized sweatpants to the garden. Yeah, yeah, dude looks. <laughs> yeah, dude looks like an, a limo driver on his off day. Um, also, like I was wondering during the game if like um, Chris stops because they kept showing Chris stops like looking in in their direction in the Ball family direction. I was wondering if he was like giving them like tips on how to like survive in the Baltic states, you know? Because he's yeah, Latvian it- and they're going to Lithuania, so maybe he was just like. Giving them some 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 hot you know survival of the winter kind of tips. I saw some tweet about Kristaps Porzingis like maybe getting a relationship with with Instagram model Jen Selter. Could she have been courtside? This is what I get for watching Twitter. I don't know. I don't. I don't know who that is. So I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. But sorry, to- I haven't. I haven't even gotten. To, sorry, I'm I'm rambling here. I haven't even gotten to my ball out, which was Magic Johnson's outfit, which I didn't um, see. What was, was it? Y- he was wearing a black turtleneck and a black, uh, like a black mock turtleneck and a black blazer and black pants, and he looked like. I think now we understand why he got the name because he looked like an out of work magician. <laughs> Dude, he was in New York. He was at like a, an art gallery opening right before. Yeah, yeah, or like a. Tra- uh, he was like a jazz tromboner or something <laughs> at like at like Harlem Birdland. Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked like Duke Ellington out there. <laughs> But he looked ridiculous. But I enjoyed. I enjoyed the whole theater of the experience. I was really into it. That uh, oh, your your slam poetry option didn't actually make it onto the poll. I was going to reference the 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 slam poetry. Potentially, magic might have been doing a little homemade <laughs> stuff. Uh, let me do a quick poll update while we have a moment here. We got some votes. Yeah, yeah we hit the poll. We got thirty votes that have come in already, which is far more than wow. I expected. I. I... I do this a lot. I and, underestimate. And Roy Moore still lost. <laughs> also true. Turns out the pedophile lost this bet too. Lost uh, this poll as well. Yeah, he picked. Uh, Roy picked uh, Wig of Shame, which is which is losing badly in the Eli Bauman. What Eli would have to do if he loses the bet. Uh, early leader is grow a goatee tips. That's the that's the leader right. out of the gate here. Right. We, we got three My days. My wife left. is gonna love that one. Yeah, I hope you guys have really important like family photos you have to take coming up soon. <laughs> yeah, don't you have a, a Christmas greeting card too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to Sears and getting our Christmas card taken. Outstanding. Uh, second place is audition for The Voice, and third place is bodybuilding competition, doing everything except actually lifting weights. Which I, which I just I Dan, did. I know you voted for that one. That one tickles um, the crap out of I me. I was. You know, for this game, I was I was kind of nervous. I obviously I really wanted the Lakers to pull it out, but had we won, we would have been on a three game winning streak. Uh, I would have been a little I know. bit more. I know uh, we would have had seat. to flesh out your terms a little bit. Yeah, are you getting your, of your defeat? You, you still need to do that, but uh, I, yes, I'm, that's I'm true. Sitting a little bit more pretty now. <laughs> who's uh, who? Who's digging these up, Eli? Are you getting the the submissions for Eric's terms? You know, honestly, I got to be honest, guys. I've been a little swamped, and I haven't done it yet. But I may reach out to certain get your anonymous, priorities straight. <laughs> I may reach out to s- similar anonymous sources, um, <laughs> as Eric did, to find the terms of of his his bet. Um, but I have Senior. not I have not done it yet. 
All right, you're going to reach out to Kevin Pelton and Ramona Shelburne. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so this is good. Go vote on that. We uh, we tweeted it out from at Hoopball Lakers. We got a few new followers. I was uh, cajoling folks best I could. Uh, so please do that. Follow at Hoopball Lakers. The poll went out, I think, two days ago. Uh, yeah, because this will be released on the 13th. Yeah, poll went out two days ago. Find that tweet. Uh, 4.30 p.m. on December the 11th. You can vote for one of four things that Eli would have to do if the Lakers miss the playoffs. You heard all four of them, actually, but I'll repeat them real quickly here. Audition for The Voice. Uh, <laughs> compete in a bodybuilding competition doing everything except lifting weights. The, wear, a, <laughs> wear a wig of shape uh, or frost your tips and grow a goatee. I'm really hoping that uh, the the bodybuilding non-competition <laughs> makes us a rousing comeback. <laughs> uh, but, but I can't stuff the ballot box. It's just one vote per Twitter account. A Doug Jones comeback. Um, yeah. I'm working on I'm working on my Doug Jones comeback here. Uh, so, guys, help me out on that one. Let's get Eli to get a spray tan and uh, show off that endomorph frame. Was that the right word? Did I get that right? Yeah, endomorph. Endomorph, endomorph is right. Uh, Do we need to talk more about the, the balls going to Lithuania? I was wondering Probably. if this was a layover. How long, well, first of all, how long is it going to last? I'm, I'm putting it at three months. Mm. I'll take the under. What, what if what if they're just a sensation over there <laughs> with like, Sarunas Yasakevicus? Wasn't he a big thing way back when? Like who? Sarunas Rampala. Sarunas He was like he dominated the U.S. in FIBA play one year, and then I think he came to the states and played for the Warriors maybe for like a season, and he was just terrible. Oh, uh, I don't okay, remember. guys, I don't know him. guys, I just got a plan. Hear me out. Okay. Hear me Go. out on this. Roll, baby. All right. Uh, end of January, we all buy <laughs> plane tickets to Lithuania. <laughs> I'm so in. I'm not going in January, but let's go in. Well, yeah. When, did, to... when is the season? When is the Lithuanian season? I know you know this. I know you don't even have to Google this. Well, you I always just... you always follow Dubrovnik or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think don't Lithuanians just wear speedos even in the winter? So, <laughs> so we'll, I think that's Kazakhstan and Borat in the movie Borat. <laughs> no, uh, I'm serious. Let's go to Lithuania. All and, right, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll go to a big baller game. All right, I'll see if they <laughs> are. They going to be sponsored by big baller? I mean, they almost have to be, right? I would assume so. I don't think it's going to last very long, guys. Yeah, I, I did a little digging, and apparently they're playing in like the like. The East Podunk town of Lithuania. It's not even in like a major Lithuanian like town center. Apparently, even more, even more yeah. reason to go. I don't know. There's probably nothing for them to shoplift. Um, but also, apparently, their coach. The reason why they picked this team is because the coach is famous for having no defense. <laughs> like that, he just wants people to cherry pick, which is a you know Hills team. It's a perfect fit for them, apparently. I'm looking up a map of Lithuania. I'm ready if you... If city. I like maps. I can't read any of the names in this thing. The capital is... I have no idea. Dubrovnik? Kiev? Vilnius? No, it's no, Ukraine. Vilnius? What? <laughs> I'm looking for the biggest... The boldest words on Google Maps. <laughs> who, are, who are other Lithuanian uh, basketball talents? Is like Sabonis from Lithuania? Yeah. Is there, has there been any... Famous Lithuanians. I feel, yeah, like they're, I feel like they're good in the tournament. Yeah, you're right. Arvidas was. Arvidas was a... Oh, uh, was look Lithuania. at that. You were correct. So then Demontis Sabonis... Uh, yeah, I think he's just uh, from Washington. <laughs> Washington State. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, Milos Teodosic. Well, I'm, exci- I'm excited about it. 
current Clipper Milos Teodosic is Lithuanian, apparently. Oh, I think. C- current like villain from like Taken Two. Is that right? It's Milos like Milos no, Teodosic. He's, he's Serbian. Excuse me, that's it's incorrect. These are like yes. I think this is all. Sabonis is Lithuanian. That one is correct. The other ones is like people also searched for. So it's just a bunch of Americans that are like, this name sounds foreign, and they punched it in. So I, I'm I'm getting bad results here. Uh, Eric, let's definitely go and like tear it up out there. Yeah, can we you could start like a Kickstarter fund for our fans to uh, <laughs> let's start a Lithuanian boy band. <laughs> the frosted tips and goatee are going to be perfect. Yeah, Eric will be like the shy one, and I'll be the bad boy with my frosted <laughs> tips. Dan, you gotta, you gotta get it. You gotta get in on this. Action. Can we do? Uh, can we do a live remote podcast with you guys, like center court at a lawn, at a Lamelo Leangelo ball Lithuanian ball game? Yeah, if they have internet out there, there must be. <laughs> that's true. There might not be. Uh, who we got? Think it's like a Wi-Fi hotspot. Who that's we got next? All the hacking comes from. Who we got next? What's our next thing? Cavs. Yeah, Cavs. Oh boy. Yeah, we're going to get blown out by the Cavs. Oh, wait, hold on. Before we move on, I just want to, before we totally forget it, I just want to give a shout-out to Kyle Kuzma's uh, overtime uh, causing three. That was a great Mm. shot. That was like a super clutch shot. Um, Also, great pass by Brandon Ingram. Great push-up the court by Lonzo Ball. I liked all the things on that play. Just Yeah, well said. Sometimes when you lose, you forget how you got there but that was that was clutch didn't he have did he have the running floater before the three-pointer too were those back-to-back yeah he ain't scared no he ain't is not scared kuzma 19 and 6 couple of blocks in this ball game he played well no turnovers either which was great that's that stroke looks so pure so much it really does it's good to see him bounce back uh the prediction we got to give a prediction because at this point why the hell not are we competitive on thursday it's a it's a TNT game, I think, right? So I think, th- yeah. Go ahead, I'm Eric. Throw out an, an advanced stat for us. Um, so the doctor, we've we've played ten games where we're leading after the first quarter. Do you guys know our record? Mm, three and seven. I'm gonna go we're, seven and three. We're eight and two after oh, wow. leading the first quarter. So we got to get off to a good start. Yeah. So, I mean, that that seems like such a key for us because we have such a good unit. If we can at least just tread water and, and beat the beat the team in the first quarter by a little bit, I think we always have a pretty good fighting shot. And this You're was totally a game. Right. This is a game where we lo- where we won the first quarter. We eventually lost. So that was one of our uh, two hmm. games where that happened. Oh, wow. And I mean, we barely lost. I mean, that's interesting exactly. because it makes sense because our bench is maybe better than our starters, but it's definitely better than most teams' benches. Yep. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, I think the end of a, a road trip, it's going to be all about the energy we bring out. And if we can win the first quarter, I think we have a very good shot at uh, pulling pulling a fast one here. Mm. Who, who guards LeBron? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm just, you know, is it Ingram? Or Larry Nance, I guess Ingram. It's probably Ingram. <laughs> Nance. It's probably yeah, Ingram. Nance. Nance. It could be Nance. I think it would be Kuzma when he's on the floor. Yeah, I like that. Kuz- Kuzma actually did a pretty good job on the zinger. I mean, the zinger still killed us, but the defense wasn't terrible on him. He's he made... a whole twelve inches taller than Kuzma. He is yeah. so tall. He's very, he's very so tall. tall. I have a picture with him. It's one of my treasured keepsakes. I think we zinger. should. Uh... I think we should just put Julius Randle in and try to attack LeBron right from the outset. That's like the only hope is to just knock him over a few times. 
Who, what yeah, else? I don't, what else? I don't even want to do that. Why would we injure our future <laughs> star player? <laughs> Just knock the wind at him for. At we him need for him. We gotta. We gotta kids glove him. Yeah, I guess Eli. That. I think you're really gonna like the uh, eighth man coming off the Cavs bench, Bobby Gallagher. Oh my God! This this is great. I can't <laughs> I, believe I, I this. Made that up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Seamus Seamus O'Reilly. Yeah, exactly. Like a 200 pound black guy named Seamus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a guy who looks like he plays for the Roots. They do have a guy on Brandon Parantes. Didn't I? Didn't make that up. I have no idea what he looks like, though. London Parantes? Yeah. Uh, hmm. He apparently went to Virginia. Played Virginia. London hmm. Parantes. Commonwealth. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's the all funniest right. name I could find. Everybody else on that I'll team. Keep my eye out. You're basically going to know everybody wanna... else on that team because they're all like 38 or older. I want to do one other shout-out for a, a lower-hanging piece of news. It's the, the Matt Barnes retirement. Oh, which, which made one. me Google him. And Ugh. the first clip that came up was the play when he was taking the ball out of bounds. Him and Kobe were like going back and forth and he faked past it right into Kobe's face. And Kobe didn't like move. the robot. He is did not even flinch. That was amazing. Yeah, that was a, that was the moment where I thought Kobe was capable of being a serial killer, <laughs> which is still possible. Which that is was... still possible. There's still like you, you like Bovada is taking that bet. Yeah, it's that like was two hundred to one. That was that's incredible. such a bad ass move. How, how is that even, even possible? Yeah, like, how do you just, not blink? It's not. <laughs> how do you not blink? I don't know. I, I have nothing. I, I have nothing but intense hatred for Matt Barnes. It goes all the way back to college. For real? Oh, I love Matt Barnes. Yeah, he went. To, he was a UCLA guy, and uh, and we were an undergrad at the same time as him. We're we're the same age, I think, as Matt Barnes because I remember distinctly him hitting Cal point guard Shante Leggins with a disgusting and dirty elbow, and in my marginally inebriated state over on the bench, uh, I wasn't pleased with it, and I never forgave him. That's a nasty play. What? You also just revealed the uh, the missing forward on my Patrick Beverly All Stars. Matt was Matt was Matt Barnes all along. <laughs> it was it was always it was always I you, Matt. You absolutely love when he's on your team, and absolutely despise when he pl- he's playing against you. Am I crazy for always confusing Matt Barnes and Doug Christie? No, they're basically the same guy. They look the same. They both yeah. have like weird uh, like scandals with their wives. Yeah, their both wives are on like basketball wives LA or something. Yeah. Yeah, they both they, had like very complicated relationships to the Lakers. Yeah, they had scuffles with our team. I like Matt Barnes way more than Doug Christie. I just want to say that yeah, for the record. Yeah. Um, as much as I hate Matt Barnes, I hate Doug Christie more. But he was a member yeah. of those Kings teams, though we kind of have to. Uh that's all I got, gents. You guys got anything yeah, else? It. No. That's it. All right. Well, uh, next show coming Sunday night, as per usual. Hopefully, we don't play on Sunday. I haven't looked that far ahead. It's really nice when we don't have a game starting immediately after we finish our podcast. That was convenient this last weekend. Uh, I am Dan Bespris, at Dan Bespris on Twitter. Eli is at Eli Bauman. We've got all these Twitter handles at the the stuff we're sending out at, at Hoopball Lakers. Dr. Eric Noble, you cannot find on social media, nor will you ever Fine, but the Lakers. <laughs> uh, Lakers lose once again. Final score. Uh, Knicks beat LA in overtime. 
What did I say it was? 113-109. KCP had 24 to lead the Lakers. Kristaps Porzingis had 37-11 and 11 to lead the New York Knicks. Cavs coming up Thursday. We'll break that one down on our Sunday program. And, of course, we'll have the final results of Eli's bet. Will he be bodybuilding, frosting his tips, or auditioning for The Voice? Or, or perhaps, all of the above. Or all of the above. One more big thank you as we sign off to Anthony Irwin at Anthony Irwin LA for coming on today's podcast. And that will about do it. So long, everybody. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.